Applied Dynamics, Preserving Business Documents, Social Foundations, and Human Memory. Bryce Chemical, pioneers in the field of entropy management for over 15 years. Stasis Recovery Systems, working to maintain cohesion around the corner and around the world. This is NPR, Necrotic Public Radio. Hello, and welcome to this... I'm Today on our show, stories to listen to as your body decomposes because, yes, your body is currently decaying. Yes, you, listening to this, are currently a sumptuous repast for a bevy of worms. I don't, I don't mean to be rude. Uh, that is, it doesn't make you worse than anybody who isn't decomposing, because of course, ultimately, we will all rot underground like you're doing right now. So, to give you a little taste of what you're missing, today we've got four stories about the abiotic conditions needed to support life. That's water, energy, temperature, and oxygen, in case you forgot. By the end of this program, of course, there won't be a you, as every trace of the husk that once held your irreplaceably unique identity will be digested by the muck of the earth. That's later in our program. First up, a story about water. This from the novelist David speaking at a commencement ceremony at college. Hello, studies. You're about to graduate college, but before you do, it's important that someone teaches you what water is. Let me tell you a story. I graduated from Amherst College in 1985. That June, a friend's dad got me a job interview at Lehman Brothers. I stayed up all night learning how to tell the Lehman Brothers apart. I knew the first test of the interview would be to shake their soft hands and called them each by name. At least, I thought that was the first test. The next morning, I showed up at the layman office, a bright-eyed and bushy-tailed like this. <laughs> I introduced myself to the secretary, and she asked me a question for which I wasn't prepared. Would you like some water? Now, heck. I was just a kid from Illinois, and I didn't know what the F she was asking me. I majored in books, not water. This guy knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> so I say, what is water? She didn't answer. Instead, she got on the horn and whispered something, and the next thing I knew, all three Lehman brothers were squeezing through the door frame at the exact same time and standing right there in the lobby. And again, the secretary asked me if I'd like any water. And I said, what's water? This time, all four of them erupted in awful goose-like laughter, and they started running around the foyer red and laughing, knocking over the chairs, tearing up the magazines, and just repeating the question over and over sarcastically. What is water? What is water? Two of the brothers spat on my face. 
When I asked if I had the job, the largest brother called me up a truly smelling hippie fucking room and told me to get the fuck out of their nice brother's bank. I spent the last 20 years figuring out what water is and writing fancy books about it. This is what I've learned. One, water is a type of soft glass. Two, water is the fish's bliss. Three, water comes in cold, sweaty cubes. Four, is this water? Correct, this is mud. Five, water has two flavors, mild and salty. Six, water is the teetotaler's dream. Seven, we are running out of water. Eight, water is what comes out of my eyes when I think about the Lehman Brothers. Nine, milk is a kind of white water I drink. I have given you these facts. I hope that armed with these facts, which are like a gun, you will be able to get any job of which you can dream. And I sincerely hope that if along the way, someone asks you if you'd like any water, you can say confidently in reply, this is water. 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 This. That was Dave speaking at college. If you're just joining us today on our show, we have stories about the conditions needed to support life. Next up, oxygen. For this one, we turn to our producer. Oxygen. It's in demand these days. It's been two years since President instituted the National Oxygen Department to ration and distribute the gas to qualifying households. Unfortunately, Many others are saying they also need oxygen to survive. Here's Albert Kimball, a content creator from Seattle. He says oxygen, well, it's just part of his way of life. And it's not just Albert. The truth is, many Americans are saying that oxygen is a right, not a privilege, and something all Americans need access to. Here's Melissa Wilbert, a content creator from Lansing, Michigan.
but not everyone agrees. Ron Capgrass is the director of the Air Resource Research at the Center for Freedom and Liberty in Washington, D.C. Yeah, the fact is there's just no evidence, okay, that people who live in countries with universal oxygen programs are any happier. In fact, they may be less happy due to the lack of oxygen options, such as flavors like Doubleberry Blast and chicken stock-flavored oxygen. Uh, there's also the problem in many of these countries of purchasing limits. Uh, I, for one, couldn't live without my 10-year oxygen stockpile. But aren't you worried about the several hundred thousand Americans who die each day due to the lack of breathable air? Nope. Well, it seems like we all have our opinions about oxygen and who should get it. But one thing's for certain. Breathing is a heck of a lot of fun. That's Molly reporting from the road. We've still got lots of stories on energy and temperature, plus your complete decomposition when our program continues. Welcome back to Life. I'm Ass. Today on our program, you are bones now, stripped clean of flesh by time, and we've got stories for you on the abiotic conditions that support life. Next up, energy. Here's you. Yes, you, with the story. First, there was a lot of energy, and then as I got older, there was less energy, but there was still a lot of energy, and a lot of energy was wasted wondering what would happen if what would happen when what would happen would be if what would happen when what happened would happen. And the ifs and the whens and the woulds were the what would happens were like mycelium branching underground in infinite directions, leeching energy from wherever the ifs are from, and each multifariously splitting mycelia carried its own if, and each if was as if it was, as if it were, if it happens to be less and less. And then maybe we could waste less of it, but more of it was wasted as it happens. It slowed down. Less ifs, but less 
I didn't understand it. Well, next on our tour of the conditions needed to support life temperatures, specifically high temperatures, reporter Dietrich brings us the story of some young people who were getting hot, 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 literally. Self-immolation has been practiced for centuries as a method of political protest and spiritual renunciation, from the fire baptisms of 15th century Russia to the world-famous anti-war protest of Tikwangduk. But today's teens are dousing themselves in gasoline and setting themselves on fire for a different reason. Dipping sauce. Started by the fast food chain Gutbusters, it's called the Hashtag Self-Immolate for the Nuggies Challenge, and it's caused thousands nationwide to seek a fiery end in the hope of bequeathing their friends and loved ones with a lifetime supply of Gutbusters' secret sweet and spicy sauce. I talked to Braxton Klein, 16. Braxton, you're currently burning alive, yet you seem extraordinarily calm. My equanimity is due to the fact that I am certain that my self-immolation will lead to an enhancement of the nuggies. How do your friends and family feel about this? They're sad about me, but excited for to dip their nugs in Gutbuster's secret sweet and spicy sauce. Is there anything else you'd like to say to America? <laughs> I have 2.5 million followers. So it's likely my personal social media has a greater reach than your radio program. But I would like to express my sincere enthusiasm for chicken nuggets. So, what should you do if your child expresses an interest in self-immolation? Well, in order to get that gutbuster sauce, you need to make sure a friend or loved one posts their video to social media tagging gutbusters with the hashtag self-immolate for the nuggies. That's reporter <laughs> reporting from Plain City, Middle Dakota. We've come to the end of our program, but it turns out we've left out one crucial element for supporting life. Nutrients. 
We all need nutrients to survive, whether they come in the form of milk, artificially sweetened oxygen, or the gut buster's value menu. And now you are nutrients for whatever comes after. And after I finish speaking this sentence, there will be nothing. If you've enjoyed letting theater of the electric mouth invade your mind with Necrotic Public Radio, please consider subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever it is that you're currently experiencing this. And hey, while you're at it, be sure to leave us a review. We want to hear from you. Necrotic Public Radio was written by me, Davis Nello, and directed by Tessara Morgan, with sound designed by Steve Baroga. Features the voice talents of Davis Alianello, Kristen Aldrich, Molly Cohen, Justin Evans, Corey Ringall, Rachel Thomas Levy, Zach Trebino, and Tom Vincent. Theater of the Electric Mouth is a global theater collective dedicated to titillating your minds through your ears with absurd and literary audio dramas. And just in case you forgot, water is. Uh,